Hello, hello, and welcome in Team Narwhal Six Fantasy Football League listeners. We're back at you once again with a new app. Um, yeah, look at that, two weeks in a row. I'm uh, I'm your host Stephen Patterson, and with me, as always, is Eric Colness. Eric, how are we doing today? I am doing just fantastic. Um, you're welcome, everybody, for the two weeks in a row. We work so hard for you guys. <laughs> we work really hard for you guys. Um, currently, we started the podcast on my walk home from the gym. I'm currently making a protein shake. So we're just we're grinding through the, the, the days of old. We love you guys that much. So we're work this hard just to bring you great content about our awesome fantasy Only league. Best. Only the best. The best fantasy league around. Um, what's new with you, man? Before we before we start getting into it, any, any anything else you wanna wanna talk about to to kick off the week? Um, yeah, nothing much. A lot of a lot of things in the NFL world on the negative side for your boy over here. Uh, Bears just put up one of the worst performances in uh, NFL offense all time, and zero and three in our league. So, you know, we got some work to do in terms of fantasy football and the Bears, but besides that, it's fantastic. How about yourself? Oh, pretty good, man. Um, I, I was going to ask you about that before we get get into stuff. <laughs> so a, a lot of people were joking about it, or I think half joking, that Matt Nagy intentionally had that game plan to just prove that Fields wasn't ready and that Dalton was better and he was right. And, like, I didn't want to believe it, but while I'm watching the game, I couldn't help but also think that. So, like, wait, what's happening um, in Chicago? I think that – I do not think that he did it on purpose. I feel like – It's just negligence. The, the, it's more so <laughs> negligence. I think that the fans are wrong in some cases as to – like, I feel like a lot of the hot takes are that we need to do more uh, – rollouts with fields which is true but if anyone who watched that game saw that we were trying our biggest problem was we were using five-man protection and our o-line is trash and one of them is jason peters who's literally 40 years old i left tackle away is 40 years old and to put it to, to add on to that sure the browns have underperformed to some extent but on paper, they're like the best, literally the best D line in the NFL. Uh, I mean, top three maybe, you know, versus like the Steelers and whatever. But you know what I mean. So it's like, yeah, it was a perfect storm of shit. And Nagy's a fucking moron. But I don't think it's not like he wasn't trying. I feel like the protections were just really bad, and it was more so negligence. I, I think that the the sandbagging angle is a little uh, little raging fan. But what do you think? No, I I agree with you. It was just it, it was just a funny thought that came to me in the moment as I'm watching Justin Fields basically get killed for four quarters. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, like do you see that we were running plays for him to get him out of the pocket? He was getting touched half a second into the ball being snapped. Yes, <laughs> so, and you can't just constantly run boots and stuff because coordinators will see that and they'll just start like corner blitzing or load blitzing to the field side. They're not mm-hmm. stupid. Agree with you there. Um, the other bit of NFL news I wanted to touch on 
um, or at least bring up here. I, I don't know if any of you guys are aware of this or not. So Tom Brady plays quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They go to Foxborough, Massachusetts this weekend to play against the New England Patriots. Did you know Tom used to play quarterback there and, and won, won some championships? Imagine if the NFL media gets a hold of this story. We might have it shoved down our throats all week, which would be a real shame. Yeah, I actually heard about that. It's like more, it's like an underground thing that not a lot of fans know of, but yeah, actually, that's a good, that's a good point. I know it, it's it's a real tragedy that that the NFL mainstream media hasn't gotten a hold of that one yet, dude. Do you think that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick met in person to say goodbye, or do you think that Bill Belichick gave him the cold shoulder because deep down him and Tom are upset at each other? I actually think they just used Julian Edelman as a medium to communicate. <laughs> He, he just traveled on foot between, between them. Dude, Tom just sends Jules like on a human horseback. Pigeon. Dude, no, on horseback <laughs> through the night with like a lamp just and like a parchment paper with like a decree. And he reads it outside the Patriots headquarters. Like Robert and Kraft Bill- walks out with a robe on. It's Julian Edelman's midnight ride. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Fantasy football team name? Ooh, that, that could be a good one if he ever comes out of retirement. When Antonio Brown tears his ACL and then Edelman comes out of retirement to play slot for the Bucks, someone oh, that's that. That'd be beautiful. All right, let's get guys. We uh we had some games this past week. Let's recap what what went down. Even though I know you all know, we're just gonna talk it through real quick. So, Eric, both you and I picked myself to take care of Nate. That didn't happen so much in the, the one of the higher scoring affairs of the week, 152 to 143. He takes care of me. Um, in your matchup against JJ, I, I believe we, I took you and you took JJ. Yes. Um, you got me there. You are now 0-3. JJ moves 2-1. I got you by um, a clean point, point six points. We both took Doug, which is accurate. He took care of Brett with the highest score of the week, put up almost a buck seventy-two. Um, Kyle changed his name to "I Need a Goddamn Win," and he got said win. Um, we both took Kyle, and we're correct there. And then you and I were split on the last one. I took I took Will. Alec took care of business, one thirty-one to ninety-seven. Um, yeah, a little bit of interesting movement. We've got one three and O team, and it's and it's out. Uh, any anything you want to talk about that that went down last week? I just want to pretend last week didn't happen. And okay, that's about. Well, it. I got one more question for you then before we move away from last week. Who was your Chris Hogan Memorial Player of the Week? And I've got I've got mine uh, ready ready to roll. If you want me to to go first, Dude, I, my Chris Hogan Memorial Player of the Week. And I put some thought into this, but I think that this person embodies this to me, um, and he's been having a great season where I think that people aren't necessarily as high on him, is Mike Williams for Alec. This dude goes out here. This guy, this dude goes out here, gets freaking 33 points, finds the end zone twice, seven receptions. You know, he's either wide receiver one, like he's top three wide receiver in the entire NFL right now. That was the difference maker for Alec getting this win against uh, – well this week so really proud of mike williams he no longer drops balls no longer just a big play guy being a beast this year good job al 
Yeah, Michael Williams was the first name that came to mind for me. The other one that I had in mind, which I'll make my Chris Hogan Memorial Player of the Week. Um, Nate doesn't stand a chance against me if Josh Allen doesn't go off for 37. (laughs) Dude, that it's funny that, again, this goes to show how little we as the general public know about what teams are going to look like in the next season. I think everyone was very high on the Washington football team defense. You and I have already talked about this probably ad nauseum on this podcast. The Washington football secondary is very bad. If they if the front four doesn't get to the passer, like if Sweat and Allen and Young don't get after the quarterback, they're terrible on the back end, man. And Josh Allen ate him up, which was a lot of fun to watch unless you were going against him. So yeah, how does Josh player of the week? How does Josh Allen manage to get thirty eight points? Walk, uh, the Buffalo Bills score 43 points, real-life football points in that game, and Stefan Diggs finishes with 12.2 fantasy points. Two words. Manny Sanders. And Dawson fucking Knox, dude. Oh, yeah. Dawson Knox did have himself a ball game. Dude, Dawson Knox sounds like the bad guy from a uh, – uh, oh, my God, fuck. Is it Wet Hot American Summer? Yeah. What's the what's the movie where the dude's wearing like four polos? Is that Wet Hot American Who's Summer? Wearing, who's wearing four polos in Wet Hot? There's like the bad guys from like the other camp, like across the river, the, across the lake. I don't know why this isn't ringing a bell to me. Okay, sorry, sorry for the deep cut. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and find this, but continue. continue oh yeah. On. Well, while while you do that, I've got some shout-outs to give. I forgot to give them on the podcast last week. So we've had some winners of the Primetime Football Contest, picking some touchdown scorers. Eric, you won the first one in $5. Doug won the second. And then the the last one, Alec, with the miraculous halftime contest picking... The ball picking the Baltimore defense, I believe it was. It was a touchdown. questionable, technically illegal, but we're we're letting it slide, which is that fine. was incredible, man. Um, and hey, it got the job done. That's all that matters. So, uh, or oh no, it was the opening score, and it was the Chiefs defense that he picked. He just wanted whichever team went on defense first, and he got a, a Tyron Matthew pick six, which was just incredible. Couldn't believe it. Um. All right, that being said, let's start moving into this week. We've got some fab news. So, um, one of the things that I, I wanted to note was was Doug Doug made some interesting moves that I kind of like. So, he, he picks up Marlon Mack on the cheap for two bucks. I'm not sure he had to spend any money to get him, but obviously that's that's pretty much nothing to spend of your, your overall budget. And he picks up Marlon Mack. I don't know if you saw two days ago there came out a rumor that Marlon Mack is going to likely be traded. Um, so if he ends up in a, a more favorable situation, I, I think Marlon Mack could actually, you know, potentially have some value, definitely more than he does right now, sitting behind Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Um, speaking of which, Doug also snagged Naheem Hines, who had a really nice PPR week. I think Naheem's going to do this constant thing where like game flow and the opposing defense is going to make him, a um, difficult to, difficult to run out there on a week to week basis, but um yeah i thought those were a couple of decent moves by doug um anything you wanted to note on the waiver wire yeah i think the only the only one i'll uh expand on would be uh chuba um, chuba getting picked up <clears throat> i think yep um he he, he mike davis 2.0 i mean when when mccaffrey got hurt he filled in very similarly and 
Um, you know, even, they're even using him in the um, past game, which was bodes well for his uh, his future prospects when McCaffrey's out. So solid pickup. I think that's Nolan. See these creepy nuts? Maybe Alec. That's JJ. J. Wow. Okay. Jesus Christ. Anyway, good. I think that's a solid uh solid snag there. I think you could easily, depending on uh, what JJ's lineup looks like, feel comfortable slotting him in at a flex spot or even RB two if you have to. So. Pretty good pickup. Yeah, I'll, I'll Nineteen bucks. Touch on that a little bit more when we get to JJ's matchup, so I, I won't talk about it now. But I, I I'm with you there. Um, only other thing to note, I picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Look at me chasing last week. We'll see how that works. Dude. Um, I did bring a fun fact this week, Eric. Are you ready for the fun fact? Ooh, born ready. All right. So, auto. This league started in 2015, so we've now had five years and five winners, right? I noticed, I was curious because we were talking about points for and points against, only two years in our league's history out of the five has the highest, the team with the highest points for during the regular season also won the league, which is interesting. Um, 2019 and 2020, and it was Brett both times. No other winner has ever been the highest point scorer in our league, which is interesting. Yeah, that's a... Pretty wild. I guess it just goes to show that, I mean, obviously wins and losses at the end of the day is what really matters and setting the right lineups at the right times, injuries, a lot of, a lot of factors come into play. Yeah. Also getting hot at the end of the season. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. That was my fun fact of the week. That was um, so fun. Thank you. Thank you. All that being said, let's get to the bulk of our show. Let's get to some matchups. What do you say? Born ready. All right, let's do it. Let's start with a battle of two two and one teams. We got staff infection led by Breddy taking on me, JJ, the Jeff Plane. Um, I'll go ahead and start on Brett's side of the football. My better one of the better calls of last week. I, I had Saquon as my stud of the week. Um, he finally gets you twenty plus points as you would expect a first round pick to do, um, which was really exciting. Um I'm glad I made a good call there. New Orleans has looked very solid on defense. Um, the Saints front seven is is no joke. This is not a plus matchup. However, I will note that Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard both got hurt last week, and that led to a lot of receiving for Saquon. Now, um, I don't believe Shepard practiced yet this week. I think Slayton missed practice yesterday but was limited today. So that could have some bearing um on Saquon's output on Sunday um obviously you have to run him out there you can't get cute um but it would be nice to see Saquon give a a good effort two weeks in a row and he had a couple of runs last week where it looked like vintage Saquon Um, he did yeah so we'll we'll see if that sticks around or not anything you want to talk about on Brett's side yeah uh one thing I'll say to expand on Saquon is I totally agree I think that they finally I mean when when Eli Manning was that quarterback he would check down and they'd even run kind of short screens to Saquon all the time and like they got away from that with Daniel uh they did that uh last week he had six six receptions for like 60 yards so I like that their game they're I feel like they're changing up their game plan to use Saquon more and he's getting more healthy so totally agree a lot uh Saquon seems like um he's on the up and up um the other thing I will touch on is uh Alex wide receiver combo is kind of a tale of two matchups DeAndre Hopkins kind of got hurt last week and had a mediocre performance. Um, he played a bunch of snaps still. He did. I know. I know he did. I have no idea if the chest was bothering him or not. 
Um, and sure, like James Conner stole some touchdowns away. Uh, 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 what's this freaking Kyler had a rushing touchdown. Um, but DeAndre is going up against the Rams, who has Jalen Ramsey, who's the best cornerback in the NFL. So uh, despite DeAndre being a stud, uh, I would worry about him this week with the injury coming off a bad game against Jalen Ramsey. Not sure how he's going to do. On the other side of things, you got Ty- Tyler Boyd, who um, is a beast, and he's playing against Jacksonville tonight, who is fucking trash. So uh, I definitely like um, the Tyler Boyd aspect at Rivers River 2, but I'm a little worried about DeAndre. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. The important thing with Tyler Boyd is that T. Higgins is out, in my yes. opinion. I think he wouldn't be playable if T was in there. I, I would actually lean toward Robbie Anderson, but that's a that's a story for another day. Um, on my side of the football, some interesting things going on. <laughs> this is the story with my team every week. It's who who is Stephen going to start at flex, right? Um, and right right, Trey Sermon slotted. It looks like Elijah Mitchell has been practicing, and if they're both active, I can't play either of them because you have no idea what Stephen's going to do in the backfield. Um, Cordero becomes interesting, I think, in that case. Emmanuel Sanders has upside. Uh, and Brandon Ayuk's alive. Like, he played a bunch of snaps this past week. He found the end zone. Seattle's secondary is uh, not very good. I don't know, man. I'm throwing darts here at flex. I don't have much else to say about my team at this point. Obviously, Mahomes and, and Kelsey get a, a, what looks to be a good matchup after I watched freaking Dalton Schultz carve up Philly on, on Monday night. But I don't have a whole lot else to talk about here. Oh, Michael Pittman. 12 targets in back-to-back games. That's interesting. It's too bad Carson Wentz is his quarterback, so he catches like five or six targets out of 12. Um, but I, I like the volume. What do you got here? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, obviously, who you start at flex is going to be um, – I know that all too well. That's going to be a big indicator of whether you find a dub here or not. I don't think you can – I think Brandon Ayuk or uh, Michael Pittman would be um, solid choices. Both, both of them looked good last week. Um, I think Alvin's going to absolutely torch the New York Giants. Um, and, yeah, good luck at Flex, dude. Thanks. <laughs> Pick it. I'm going to go with – I'm going to take you here. And I think it'll be close. But I think that um, Alvin and uh, Patrick will, uh, will, will carry it through. Okay, I'm going to take Brett. I'm not going to say anything more than that. Yes. I'm going to type it in. I'm just not picking myself. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. We've got Nolan's Tanyan Rings taking on Doug Hodge. So, Nolan at one and two, Doug at two and one. Um, can they both get forced back to 500, or will we see Doug continue his, his move upward? Um, obviously, Doug's team appears to be trending in the right direction. We'll start on Nolan's side of the football. Um... One thing to note here, I, I, I just talked about Saquon seeing a good bit of targets in the receiving game last week against Atlanta. Uh, that was something that stood out to me here. Obviously, we watched Antonio Gibson house like a 68-yard screen pass last week as well. Um, and he was obviously, you know, at Memphis. His primary role was um, playing slot receiver more than running back. He's got those kinds of skills. Atlanta still kind of plays that cover three shell, and they like to give up targets to running backs. Um, I'm kind of high on Antonio Gibson this week. I'm interested to see if he can put back 
uh, put together back-to-back weeks. The concern here is J.D. McKissick obviously also has great receiving skills, and I don't know if you were paying attention. J.D. McKissick actually started the last game for Washington. They had him out there on the first series, and they split series in the first half. Um, Gibson kind of has day saved by that that long screen pass, but I prefer Gibson as a talent, um, and I'm interested to see if the Washington coaching staff agrees with that or not. So he's the guy that I've most got my eye on here. Um, what do you want to mention on Nolan's side? Um, I think the big difference maker for Nolan's going to be if Delvin Cook plays. I assume he's going to. Um, beyond that, I I don't think there's. I think that Nolan might be in trouble again this week, especially given the matchup versus Doug. Um, I'm not terribly worried about Antonio Gibson. He's gotten a lot of carries each game. I know against Buffalo, like their run, they couldn't get the run game going whatsoever. Um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, how that goes. I mean, Jalen Hurts looks not that great. I don't know. He's been confuddling to me. <laughs> He's had more than 22 fantasy points in every game, though. I know. I know. I guess Dallas, he lo- he was just so bad, but he also just managed He was to... awful. Yeah. <laughs> he managed Garbage still... time, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. I look at Nolan's team, and I'm, I know I'm being a little more holistic here, but and yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. You mean him being projected for 85 points is concerning to you? <laughs> also, yes. one other thing to note here, A.J. Brown, I, I don't think A.J. Brown's going to play Sunday. You don't think he will, is what you're saying? No. He missed yeah. practice again today. Are they really going to burn, like, burn, like, are they going to play either of their star receivers against the Jets? Yeah. Now, yeah, if he sure. doesn't play, man, Nick Westbrook-Akine to the moon. I'm telling you right now, for all of you that play Daily Fantasy. All right. Well, Nolan, Nolan might be starting Javante Williams. <laughs> I like Javante. No, I don't. I don't dislike Javante. I don't. I'm just saying he might be in the lineup this week. I'm with you. Um. All right. Let's he, go over to, to Doug's side of the ball real quick. Um. Will Miles Sanders touch the football? Like get handoffs. Two two running back rushing attempts against <laughs> Dallas. On Monday night, what is that coaching staff doing? I have no um, idea. Really, fourteen yards per carry. Kansas City's on pace to have like an NFL, like the worst NFL defense in history, based on like EPA, like defensive EPA. Um, so, if I don't know, I'd like to see something from Miles Sanders this week. I'm interested to see what he does. On the on the bright side for Doug, his receivers are freaking loaded um cooper cup is going to eat against that arizona secondary on sunday they're not good on the back end um and he looks like a world beater right now with stafford so um i don't have much else to add here i really like bonnet that doug's running out there yeah doug's team's fucking disgusting and he was complaining all all after uh the draft how shitty his team was because he lost one week (laughs) yeah (laughs) dude freaking the one thing i'll point out um is uh Najee Harris went from mm-hmm. if you if you if you look at the stats here went from one reception for four yards in week one, then they're like all right well maybe we'll get a few more checkdowns since Ben Roethlisberger doesn't know how to throw football anymore goes to five for forty three and a touchdown rece- receiving touchdown week three this dude has fourteen receptions fourteen and we're in a full PPR league fourteen pure points out of receptions for a running back. Absolutely disgusting. Agreed. And part of that's a direct correlation from Deontay Johnson being out. 
Oh, really? In my okay. opinion. I had not considered this factor. So, No, he's a great receiving back. He's got true receiving chops. We saw him in Alabama. I'm not, not discounting anything he did. He took advantage of the opportunity, and they should continue to use him in their receiving game. But they, they throw so many screens and stuff to Deontay when he's in there. I feel like that's Ben's favorite play calls. And Deontay being out, it, it made sense that Najee would see more targets. Um, go ahead and pick this one, Eric. I think Doug's going to blast Nolan in the shadow realm this week. Yep. I'm uh, I'm also on Douglas. Not much else to say there. <laughs> Moving on. Um, we've got a 2-1 CD's Creamy Nut Squad, led by JJ, taking on yep. his first win against me last week. And don't, don't be fooled by the 1-2 record. Nate's team is, is not a slouch, I would say. Um, let's start on JJ's side of the football. I, I promised I would talk more about Chuba, so I'm going to talk more about Chuba right now. He's currently got him in his flex, totally understandable. My question here is, does Chuba get a full workload or a similar workload to what McCaffrey would see? Ro- Royce Freeman has seen some work. I kind of don't see Royce Freeman going away. Ro- Royce has, I would, you know, from the little I've seen Chuba in college and now in the pros, like similar receiving chops. I don't think either of them is a particularly dynamic player, although Chuba's probably got better top-end speed. Um, we also have no idea, really, if you can run against Dallas or not, because no one's tried yet. Week one, Tampa just said, let's air it out, and we just saw this past week that uh, what the, the Eagles handed the ball off twice to their running backs. So I have no idea if the Dallas run defense is any good or not. Um, my suspicion is that they're not that great, but the fact that everyone refuses to run the ball against them is kind of interesting. So that's that's probably the guy that, that could make or break this matchup for J.J. is, is that flex spot, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an eye on Chuba on Sunday. What do you what do you want to talk about on JJ's side? Um, were you are you saying that you're thinking who would you replace on JJ's starting lineup, Chuba? Mm, who would I win? Yeah, Kareem. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I think I think yeah, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a hard uh, a hard a hard choice. And he's got great other options, Kareem, CD. I know. Yeah, it's a – yeah, DJ, oh, my God. Yeah, that's going to be a tough decision. Yeah, C.D. Lamb on the bench feels – that's got to feel so bad, dude. <laughs> um, hey, we're, we're not telling anyone what to do here. No, no, I know. We're not – no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not – I'm not even saying that that's, like, an obvious play. I'm just saying it's – it's there's a lot to consider here. <laughs> we're going to um, talk him into it, and Chuba's going to score four rushing touchdowns. Oh, for sure. For sure. That's okay. If he beats Nate, I'm down for that. Um, Same. I guess I'll, I'll touch on uh, really like Joe Mixon tonight against Jacksonville. He, I've loved him this week, that he gets more usage than almost any back in the league, averaging like 23 carries a game or something. Um, definitely looking for him to find the end zone. Um, another guy I like on his side is Tyreek Hill against Philly. He did not – I think he had a pretty actually poor game last week. Quote-unquote poor, right, uh, for yep. for, for uh, Tyreek. But he's playing Philly, who's fucking terrible. Kansas City, especially after a loss, I feel like he's going to run it up on a bad team. Um, And, yeah, the other, and then just the last thing is, like, what, kind of what we were just talking about is, like, uh, decision time at flex for, for JJ. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme this week. <laughs> yep. 
Um, let's flip over to Nate's side of the ball. The guy I want to talk about is actually his tight end. It's Kyle Pitts. Um, his usage hasn't been, I think, to the level that most people were expecting based on his ADP. Um, and his production has kind of been there to match so far. We expected him to be kind of the go-to guy other than Calvin Ridley, kind of the, the number two option in the passing game there in Atlanta. I think part of it is that O-line's terrible. They, they can't really protect. Um, and that could, that could be a problem again against a Washington front four that's pretty good. However, if, uh, <laughs> if Matt Ryan does see any time to throw, I, I think this is the week that if you're a Kyle Pitts owner, you're kind of being like, I got to see it this week. That Washington secondary has been so bad. Um, I think it would make a lot of sense for a secondary receiving option in this passing game to have a good week. It, watch it be like Oladimus, Z- Z- how do you even say guy's name, the third receiver for Atlanta. It, it'll probably be that guy and, and not uh, not Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Kyle. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I got my eye on that game. I'm interested to see what he looks like. He's a freak. There's no question. He's a, an incredible talent. I'm just waiting to see it come to fruition. Um, only other thing to mention, um, I, I already alluded to it earlier. Um, A.J. Brown not practicing, Julio Jones not practicing. Um, if both receivers are out, uh, Derrick Henry might have 40 carries against the Jets. Um, not not yeah. even an exaggeration. Yeah, I mean, I think that the game script's looking pretty pretty pure for Derrick regardless, but that, it, especially if the boys are out, just, we're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry. <laughs> It would make sense, like if they're both banged up. Do you really want to start your two, like run your two starting receivers out, like star receivers out there, banged up against the Jets? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'll Utah. Give me your your Nate spiel, and we can pick yeah. this guy. I think the the other thing I'll mention for Nate is, I mean, if Josh Jacobs is isn't playing, I'm not sure what the full status is of Josh Jacobs, but you feel really bad if you're Nate because you're starting. James Conner is your RB2. And I know James Conner had two touchdowns last week, but... But he's not good. He's not good. He's not, he's not good. And one of those touchdowns was on his one reception, and he still only had 11 carries for 43 yards. So, I mean, maybe you know I'll be proved, proven wrong, but... You're it's not pumped so if frustrating it, and, I'm, and I'm not even saying that Chase Edmonds should be getting more work. Because you know what? Chase Edmonds didn't look very good either. There were a bunch of times on Sunday that they had stuff blocked up for Chase, and somehow he would just, like, run into a dude and get tackled after four yards that I thought should have gone for 40 yards. I don't know. I'm not really impressed with either of those running backs. But, yeah, I'm with you. All right. Let's, let's uh, get you this down, it? dude. Yep. I'm going to go with uh, JJ here to get, to okay, get the same. dub. Same. You see their yeah. lines even right now? Yeah. Crazy. But do them? Yeah, I think it's even, right? They're both, yeah, basically. They're both projected. JJ projected 130 and change. They got Nate projected 129. Oh, mine's different than yours. What the fuck? Mine's 128.9 um, to 128.9. Um, let's, let's, let's update mine. Let's see. Maybe... maybe Maybe things have happened since I last refreshed the page. You you live in an alternate. You're in an alternate dimension right now, or maybe I'm in an alternate dimension. Let's see. Oh I'll yep, I've got an exact. Wow, one twenty eight point nine each on the nose. Yep. Yeah. Cray. Dude, that's, that's crazy. I know the even line. That never happens. That never happens. Well, we both agreed, even though the line was even. Proud of us. That's probably not good, is it? That's that's bad. Nate's gonna win for sure. No, that's that's bad for sure. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. 
We've got an 0-3 Eric's <laughs> Kyler's baby legs taking on the only 3-0 and team remaining. It's DJ Russell, my chub, led by Alec Underwood. Um, one of the matchups that I'm more excited about this week, I'm going to start on your side of the ball, Eric. Um, you alluded to it earlier, um, but will Stefan Diggs get back on track? Um, you spreading the ball around a bit um to guys like dawson knox and Dude, emmanuel sanders fuck Which, dawson knox bro i'm sick yeah, of this bitch <laughs> yeah you should just go pick him up and start him um <laughs> I, I i wonder if part of it is also that defenses are keying in on digs they're like hey we're just gonna live with anyone else beating us um however i, I don't really see houston doing that uh, i don't know if you know this or not houston's defensive coordinator now is lovey smith um, Lovey plays the most vanilla defense known to man at all times. He did it obviously with the Bears, and then he did it again at Illinois, and it was a disaster at Illinois because he didn't have the personnel to do it. He just plays basically plain cover two like 90% of the time. They're not going to be keying digs here. He's not going to see any doubles. If he's going to bounce back, I think this is the week um, that, that, that tr- he, he starts to trend in the right direction. So all, all eyes for me are on 14 in, in Buffalo this weekend. Um, what do you want to talk about in your side of the ball? Um, dude, my fucking team, bro. Dude, my team's not even bad. It's not even bad. I know I scored the least amount of points last week, so I deserve to lose regardless of it being a close matchup. But I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't be 0-3, but whatever. I, um, I would go as far as to say that your team is, is pretty good. I think my team's good. It's yeah, I agree. Fucking, it's, it's, it's so triggering, man. I know. It's just I, I would have won two of the three if I had made better decisions at flex, which is just classic fantasy, right? Fine. Um, I think if you're going to look at something positive going forward, I didn't start Jamar Chase in any of the first three weeks. I don't necessarily regret it. I think Antonio Brown was a solid start. Hollywood Brown should have had fucking 30 points. I don't know if you watched that game. This motherfucker can't catch footballs. He dropped um, at least two touchdowns to my eye. Um, un- unreal. So, I don't know. Hollywood Brown literally freaking f- falls over one time, and I win last week. But anyway, uh, the point is that uh, I'm liking that Jamar Chase is showing his value, and he's going to be a sol- – I feel like I feel more comfortable just putting in flex, and hopefully he continues to show – Right receiver to uh, maybe even one eventually prowess. So I'm probably going to start Jamar here tonight. I mean, I got 10 minutes to figure it out, but I'm going to. So um, Yeah, and, and we mentioned earlier no T. Higgins in that game. And yep. Jacksonville secondary has given up, I think, the third or fourth most receptions of over 20 yards. And they've given up the most receptions of 40 yards or more so far in the NFL. Um I think that bodes well for Jamar tonight. For sure. Um, and then, you know, real quick, I'll just touch on my wide receivers is both these guys are dudes that are super talented but are just not being targeted by their quarterbacks as much as I expected. Robert Woods probably even more so. You know, you know, there's not hasn't been a lot of Bobby Trees on the Rams offense. So, you know, I'm just hoping things will turn around a bit for the kids. Um, still like my team. I'm just 0-3, so whatever. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, moving over to Alex's side of the ball, this isn't so much analysis as 
when we did our draft recap podcast, I think our criticism of Alex's team was his receivers. Um, we weren't really sure how this group was going to come together. Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks, who saw that their ADPs were apparently criminally low, and none of us knew except for Alec. Um, Mike Williams has been a beater. He's been just as productive. He's been more productive than Keaton Allen, a bona fide wide receiver one right now in an offense that is clearly content to just let Herbert um, throw the rock around on any defense. And why wouldn't you? The kid looks great. And Mike's a big body. You can throw him balls in tight windows, contested catch guy, and he, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I think that's going to be a high-scoring affair on Monday night, um, interdivision game. That should be a fun one to watch. Um, and to that point, Alex actually in a position right now where Amari Cooper's on his bench. Yeah, interesting stuff. What do you want to talk about on Alex's side? I, I like his receivers a lot. Um, Yeah, I think, I think Alex – the, if it, the, just what you were saying just bodes really well for the for the comp, right? Because then you go, okay, well, the receivers are overperforming their ADP. Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks have looked great. Um, I was super high on DJ Moore. I thought that was a great pick uh, by Alec regardless. Me too. Um, but then you slide in, you see the running back stack. Zeke Elliott, uh, similar to Saquon, less of a extreme degree, but he's been ramping up, had a great game uh, last week, averaged six yards per carry, got 17 carries. Uh, Toughest matchup for him yet this week. Troy, Carolina, that is a good point. I, Carolina is maybe – I think they might be the number one ranked run D. Randomly. They drafted all these young guys on the D line, and it's their second or third year, and now it's kind of starting to come together. Now that comes with the caveat that they haven't played anybody yet. That is true. Um, yeah. So I this agree. will be a test for Zeke. That will be an interesting thing to know. Good point, Steven. Um, uh, and then Nick Chubb. Cleveland's so random. So if you'll if you'll notice this, Stephen, typically what I see with Cleveland is that you'll they'll have Nick Chubb go for like the first half, and then Kareem Hunt gets the second half. It's so weird. Like they'll split it. It is half bizarre. And, half and half. But then last week against the Bears, it was the Kareem Hunt show. Like how good was her? He looked like a fucking monster, and it wasn't just that like the line was making big holes and he was untouched and. He just was getting eight yards because, like, he was breaking ta- – like, he was running around like crazy. I mean, Roquan was tackling him eight yards deep down the field every single play, basically. So, um, it, how well – will it be Nick Chubb's turn against Minnesota? I don't know. But, you know, obviously, you know, you like Nick Chubb regardless. Um, yeah, really no weak per, uh, discernible weaknesses on Alex's uh, side, uh, in my opinion. I, I would agree with you. Um, I like the Bucks D's matchup against a rookie quarterback, too. A lot, a lot of things to like here. Um, we, we mentioned the Carolina run D. Did you see your boy Brett Coleman put out a new new video on their, their front four? Ooh, oh, actually, no. their, their front seven and their whole defense, how, how well they've played so far? No. Was that yesterday or today? Uh, yeah, I think it came out yesterday. I will check it out. Worth a gander. We, we love Brett Coleman stuff. Uh, go Brett find Coleman's him. the best. The, the, the film room on YouTube. That guy is incredible i learn a thing or two every time i watch um pick it dude um i mean this is an easy pick you guys all know who i'm gonna pick it's gonna be uh alec yeah i hate to do it to you man i i just don't see alex team slowing down this week but i want you to get your first win no i'm gonna go 0-4 i don't give a fuck i'm not mad you think i'm mad does it sound like a mad guys 
I, no, I like it. I like being 0-4. I like the adversity. 0-4 is going to make for great content on the pod next week. True, true. I'll, positive attitude, positive uh, 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 wins. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on to our last matchup. Let's move on, we, please. We've got Kyle Funkhauser. I mean, Linares, <laughs> who changed his team name to I Need a Goddamn Win. He got a win. He's 1-2 and two now. Taking on another 1-2 team in our new member, Will Banth and Dant Nation. Um, let's get right into it. Let's start on Kyle's side of the football. Um, I want to talk about DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift has been absolutely nasty. Um, and his point total last week doesn't reflect it. They they had a he had another like crazy leaping, diving attempt at the end zone late in that game where I think he scored, but they called him out at the one, and Dan Campbell was about to challenge it, but he was on the headset, and someone must have told him that there just wasn't a good camera angle to confirm it, so he ended up not challenging it, and of course, Jamal Williams comes in and punches it in from the one, but I mean, he has a monster stat line if if he adds that score to his already great day. Dan Campbell said in, in one of the press conferences this week to expect more DeAndre Swift. Um, I, why would you advertise that? I, I don't take too much stock into that. Um, but it was interesting to hear that he potentially wants to use him more. The Bears' defense has been mostly on track, but we mentioned it. H- how good was Kareem Hunt, who's kind of a similar receiving back type threat um, against that Bears' defense last week? I'm excited to see how DeAndre Swift is utilized in that Lions offense this week. That isn't terrible. It's like mildly functional. It's not awful um what do you want to talk about on Kyle's side of the ball um yeah the other thing I'll bring up would be I'll talk quickly about both his his wide receiver one and two if there's any week for and you this is to your uh our common point that Calvin Ridley is going to um I might have lost your audio dog hello testing one two three shit am I just gonna have to talk over you connecting guys sorry for the technical difficulties you there all right it says he's connected now i'm not sure if he actually is or not um while eric's reconnecting um maybe the other thing of note on kyle's side of the football is um i already mentioned it earlier herbert's got a a a fun matchup on monday night interdivision matchup with vegas playing at a high level um I think that could be a fun one. I, I, I think there is room for that Vegas secondary to be exploited if they give Herbert time to throw against Crosby and the rest of that Vegas pass rush. Um, the thing I didn't want to mention is Clyde Andrews-Alaire, my dud of the week last week. Looked like a good call early. He fumbles early. Might Thought he might get benched for, for Jarek McKinnon. That didn't happen. Um, Clyde stays in there. He takes a screen to the house. They they played basically two high safeties the whole way, dared Kansas City to run it as much as they wanted. They ran it some, um, and he was productive. So good for Clyde. We'll see if he can do that a couple weeks in a row. Maybe a bit more of a challenge this week with Fletcher Cox um, in the front four waiting in the wings. Um, Eric, are you back yet? I don't have your audio back. Can you hear me? I guess Eric isn't back yet. So, uh, oh, he said he says he's in. I just can't hear him. He says he doesn't understand. Very interesting. Eric, you want to try disconnecting and reconnecting? Oh my, oh my god. god, I'm connected hey, twice. 
Huh? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Do you see two me's in here? Incredible. Sorry for the technical difficulties, lads. All right. Can, can you, you hear disconnect? me, Steven? Can you disconnect and reconnect? Is that a thing? If I press the X, it says finish or call. Can Maybe I do that? We'll try it. I don't know. All right. Are you still? All right. We're back. Dude. <clears throat> I don't know why I just like kicked you. I'm telling you, that was not my fault. Like, I thought my headphones died at first, but. That wasn't it. It was showing me in still. Like, I there was no problem. So weird, man. I reclicked the link, and then another version of me joined, and then I exited out both of me, and then I tried to reconnect, and it said that the recording was over. Interesting. So this is gonna fuck you. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, we'll be fine. (laughs) Let's. Uh, I'll. I'll find a way. Um. Let's. uh, I. I already talked about on the previous segment that I'll hopefully loop into this one about Kyle and Will's team. Um, you might have heard on Kyle's side, I mostly talked about Swift. On Will's side, I mentioned that I don't, I don't know how Bill Belichick is going to treat the Tampa receivers. Usually, he likes to double your best option. I don't know if that's going to be Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, um, but that, that could have an impact on the distribution of passes from Tom Brady in the homecoming game. Um, what do you want to talk about? The floor is yours, this this matchup. Go right ahead. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, uh, on Will or oh yeah, I was just gonna I was gonna talk about if what before I cut off I might have actually been talking and like <laughs> not you weren't here. No, I just but, didn't uh, hear it. I don't know. Yeah, on the Kyle side, um, I think that if anything, if, in terms of his wide receivers, if Calvin Ridley is gonna have a pop off game, it's gonna get, be against that Washington secondary that we've talked about a lot that you you like to bring up. So uh, definitely like uh, Calvin this week. Show us, you know that he, he was going to live up to his ADP of a top five receiver. And then, you know, another um, positive outlook, uh, you look at Chris Godwin versus New England. They don't have their best player. Chris Godwin's been good. Uh, I definitely think Tampa Bay is going to blast them for sure. Um, and then Kyle's side, Odell, fantasy-wise, didn't have like a uh, – insane game but um if you in in real life he looked solid he was getting a lot of separation obviously he was playing the bears but um be interesting to see how he performs at flex for kyle um i could definitely see some good things hopefully it's fun when odell's good uh and then quickly i'll touch on will's side um how will Cortland sutton do who knows i'm i want Cortland sutton to be awesome um, but a little inconsistency on the Denver, uh, Denver offensive side of the football. Um, so that's a question mark for me. I'm hoping, um, he performs well against Baltimore. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. And, th- and this is the first test for the Denver offense, right? Against a, yeah. a legitimate defense. Although I, I not thoroughly impressed with the Baltimore secondary. I'm, I'm with you that. <clears throat> um, for sure. You want to pick it? I'm going to go with Kyle here. Okay. I'm really torn on this matchup. This is a coin flip. <clears throat> I got to go Kyle as well. I hate siding with you on so many, but Swift is the guy that um, 
does it over for me. So we we only disagreed on one pick this week, which is annoying. And it was me fading myself. Classic. Meanwhile, you were kind enough to pick me. All right. That is our picks for the week, guys. I uh, I thought that was a lot of fun, Eric. Um, yeah, it was beautiful. Our next segment, we got our best bet of the week. Last week, Eric got home. He's now 2-0. and He hit on the Thursday night game with DJ Moore going over his receiving yards prop. I lost a under, a primetime under, which apparently just don't bet primetime unders. <laughs> uh, primetime games are now 8-1 to the over to start the year. And that it's just too hard to overcome two defensive scores, man. <laughs> that was a bad, bad call by me. Hopefully no one lost too much money on that. I, I, I lost a bit, but, you know, we're still having a pretty good season. Um, do you guys have your bet ready to roll, Eric, your best bet for week three? I do, and funnily enough, it is another Thursday night one. And I just so everyone had a chance to play it if they were interested, I did post it in the chat a few minutes I ago. I saw that. Um, it's uh, Jamar Chase, anytime touchdown score. I was considering earlier today first TD, but I kind of want to keep the streak going. And you still get really nice odds at plus 100, at least on DraftKings. This is actually probably our best best value bet, my best value bet thus far this season. The other ones, I think, minus 115. So, you know, double your money on Jamar Chase, anytime touchdown score. That's my pick of the week. And we'll find out. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I hope he get, it gets home. I can definitely see him catching a long one tonight. Um, I'm going to go a different route. Usually I've been I, – I, I picked one side, one total. This week we're going a little teaser. Um, this one's a six-and-a-half point teaser, um, and this one's still widely available. I'm teasing Kansas City down to – most books you can tease them down to a half. I had to tease them down to minus one. Um, and I'm pairing that with Tampa Bay down to a pick. Um, so essentially Kansas city and Tampa Bay, both to win a six and a half point teaser that I placed at bet online at a uh, minus one twenty five odds. So I laid 62 50 to win 50 doll hairs. Um, yeah, I, li- I like this angle a lot. You Spicy. mentioned earlier, Kansas city should bounce back against a pretty, um, anemic <laughs> Philadelphia secondary as we witnessed on Monday night. And, Coming revenge game. Also, just don't see Mac Jones being able to do much again. Um, that Tampa Bay defense, their secondary struggled, but Mac Jones, you know, he hasn't really proven his ability to push the ball downfield yet, which is how you exploit the Tampa Bay defense. If he plays everything short and in front of him, um, I think it can end up being a pretty long day for the New England Patriots. So that's my best bet of the week. Thoughts there? Uh, it's amazing. You're gonna have to reiterate that to me. Uh, after this, so I can I can see if DraftKings will allow me to play that. Yeah, Let's absolutely. See. Got you. Um, last thing that I've got for everyone is dumb stuff announcers say. Um, this is actually leading up to the Thursday night game tonight. Um, there was an analyst mentioning that I, I get so sick of revenge game narratives, especially in the NFL. And I'm not. They're getting dumber and dumber, Eric. The revenge narrative they had for us tonight. Since Joe Burrow was on Ohio and Urban Meyer refused to play him and played Dwayne Haskins um, and played JT Barrett instead, that this is now a Burrow revenge game against Urban Meyer <laughs> now that they're both in the NFL. These revenge game narratives are getting out of hand, man. Um, I don't know. 
anything to that. I don't think that comes into the player's mind so much. Maybe if it were still in college that, that there would be something to that. But here, I just, I just really don't see it. That's one of the dumber things that's been getting on my nerves lately. Um, you have anything for our dumb stuff announcer say segment? Yeah, I think same, same vein, revenge game. You already mentioned it, but Tom going into New England this weekend. Uh, you know, that's, you know, sports media is, you know, all for the most part, a bunch of bullshit, right? They're just trying to get people to click on stuff, make it interesting for people who don't necessarily care as much about the actual game, right? So, you know, I don't think Tom and Bill Belichick are really fucking thinking about that at all whatsoever. Not uh, a bit, right? <laughs> um, So, you know, same thing you were saying with Joe, but just funny stuff. Got to get the clicks going on ESPN and YouTube. That's why it's, you have to watch new media. Brett Coleman, Manning Cast, straight up. Those are great recommendations. Film room more, and Manning Cast has been added. Yeah, Chris Harris. Eli yeah. flipping the double bird on live TV was incredible television. Yeah, classic, dude. Classic. Um, anything else you want to add before we send these folks on their way? Closing uh, remarks. No. I good luck everyone. Um, I will not say I hope my opponent loses this week. I hope my opponent has a great week, and all the players perform adamantly. I hope all of you or not adamantly. What the fuck? Valiantly. Oh. Adequately. <laughs> I hope adequately is a valiantly. like very mediocre <laughs> way to perform. I, I hope Alec, that your team performs valiantly adequate. Perfect. And I will, I will leave you with that. <laughs> right on. I'm about to crack a beer, eat some wings, watch Thursday Night Football. I hope everyone else is doing something similar. I'm excited to see who comes out on top of our Thursday Night Football contest. It's a little different this week looking at a top fantasy score for a matchup. So that should be a lot of fun. I'll probably have some money to give away at the end of the night unless there are some weird shenanigans. Um, but yeah, hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Um, it's an awesome slate of college games and an even better slate of NFL games on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, with that, I'll let you guys go. And, uh, yeah, this is Steven and Eric signing off one more time. Have a great weekend. I walk through the door, uh, designer is at the toe, yeah, your nigga all about his dope, uh, my nigga come get your hoe, yeah, pay cash I don't have a note.